gangsters, what's up guys? Spider-Man, the, uh, what are we calling this again? Or the Spider-Watch series. I am so unprepared for this. Welcome back to Streambeat. I'm surprised anyone's going to be listening to this podcast, but if you are, you already know my name is Alex Musabai, a.k.a. Moose, and joining me on this amazing Spider-Man rewatch is my friend and co-founder of Streambeat Pod, Mr. Frankie G. Frankie G, please say what's up. What's up? I'm so excited to be here. Uh, well, that's one I, of us. I mean, I'm, I'm, exci- <laughs> I'm excited to see you, Frankie, but there's never been a pod rewatch, I guess we'll call it, like a rewatch of a film for one of our things that I've looked forward to least. I think it's pretty obvious how I feel about these movies, so I'm going to hand the wheels over to you, Frankie. I want you to go ahead and start this dialogue for us. Tell me, what did you think of the amazing Spider-Man series starring Mr. Andrew Garfield? Well, we started off with a quick Amazing Spider-Man synopsis, abandoned by his parents and raised by an aunt and uncle. Teenage Peter Parker is trying to sort out who he is and exactly what his feelings are for his first crush, Gwen Stacy. When Peter finds a mysterious briefcase that was his father's, he pursues a quest to solve his parents' disappearance. His search takes him to Oscorp and the lab of Dr. Kurt Connors, setting him on a collision course with Connors' alter ego, the Lizard. And quick one, since we're just going to bounce back and forth, I'll go right into Mm -hmm. Spider-Man 2. Confident in his powers as Spider-Man, Peter Parker embraces his new role as a hero and spends time with Gwen Stacy in between protecting New York from criminals. However, his greatest battle yet is about to begin, excuse me, with the emergence of Electro. Peter must confront an enemy far more powerful than he is, and when his old friend Harry Osborn returns, Peter comes to realize that all his enemies have one thing in common, Oscorp. So, as these brief synopsis... Those brief synopses are better than the long-ass films. Uh, (laughs) Way more succinct and way more clear. Go with it, Frankie. Let's go. All right. So uh, clearly you're not a big fan of them. Um, Oh, God. No. So let's take it right back. We've been doing it the certain way. Let's go. How how old were you when you watched this the first time? How how do you feel rewatching it? Okay, yeah, that's fair. So I'll say this. I actually went in cautiously optimistic because I I like Andrew Garfield. I think he's a fantastic actor, especially coming off of the whole social network uh, hype and all that. He was riding a big wave. Um, Emma Stone, you know, she had already solidified herself with Superbad and I think maybe even Easy A had come out of a couple of movies. So, So, like, we already knew these are two, you know, leading actors that can absolutely carry a film. I was excited for the straight-up reboot, if you will, because, you know, after Spider-Man 3, I did think it was time for something fresh. I was cool with going back to high school. Love that. Uh, Andrew Garfield was a younger one. I thought they did uh, great casting on Uncle Ben and Aunt May. I thought that was all great. So, again, cautiously optimistic. 20 minutes into the movie, 
I wanted to leave the theater. I was straight up hate watching the thing. It's just, to me, that movie is flawed at its core, and its core is Peter Parker. I don't think they understood Peter Parker. Because I... I, I never end, I never saw the second one until I had to rewatch it now. So I really went into this rewatch fresh. series, yes, very fresh, and really trying to think to myself, why didn't I like it? What what is it about it that it, I need to come in with the facts? And for me, it was that Andrew Garfield wasn't nerdy enough. He always felt cool in 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 this Spider-Man world. Even when we first meet him, he's not the one being beaten up. He's like this skater punk guy that has like some confidence to him. That's not Peter Parker. They changed up the whole, you know, I, I understand that they didn't want to do the exact same death scene with Uncle Ben, but him not saying with great power comes great responsibility. I, I, you can laugh. To me, that is a massive flaw. There are certain pillars that Spider-Man and the Peter Parker character is built on, and they just completely wipe those away. Uh, I I wanted to ch- chime in real quick. I only laughed because yeah, I was no, thinking go. about about the uh, see, that scene in particular when when uh, Uncle Ben dies and he goes, "It's not my policy." And it's just... <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. Like you, that guy was a total dick to Peter. I I would have let the guy go also. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, there... but the, like. I get that. But in that scene, well, just to chime in on that scene real yeah, quick. Yeah. It's the exact same thing in the first one. Like he got, Peter got screwed and now he's supposed to help yes. this guy. Like it's about doing the right thing. Like we get that. And I, you know, I actually found out rewatch, like re- looking into this movie and, and, um, and like researching about it, you know, the, the first time you hear with great power comes great responsibility in the comics. You know, he, uncle Ben doesn't tell him that he doesn't say it like, like we know what? it he says it like he j- he basically says it and then peter in his own narration in his head comes up with the with great power comes great responsibility that's the okay. first time okay. it's said so okay. but i know we all we Break, all know breaking it. breaking a massive uh spider-man myth right here which is which is fantastic but to that point though it is still said though yes. that that phrase i mean it, it could have yes. been st- it could have been any scenario, but the fact that it that phrase wasn't said, that bothers me. And, and to be fair, it's something that still kind of bothers me with the Tom Holland thing, although we didn't have to watch Uncle Ben die or anything like that. So it's kind of like <laughs> there's no reason for him to have to say that at yeah. this moment, you know? Yeah, they, and they, and we talk, we'll talk. we talk about it when we get into um, uh, the, the Holland films, but um they in civil war when we meet spider-man he's he says it in a different way too um i you know like i completely agree with you about peter parker i i get they were trying to make it more like ultimate spider-man which came out in the early 2000s um so they they were trying like in in that run he's peter parker's really annoying at first like he's really unlikable he's a straight up dick like he's yeah i don't get the sense that this peter parker at least before he was spider-man i didn't get the sense that he was actually a good kid yeah he's, <laughs> he's extremely unlikable and yeah and my you know like if they went with that route of him being like nerdy uh, like if they if they wanted to stick to that route of him being like you know like a lo- like he chose to be a loner basically because because everything we've learned from our 90s and early 2000s uh, movie history shows us that this 
the badass, the guy who's a loner, skateboarder, rule breaker. That's the cool kid. That's the kid everybody wants to be friends with. Everybody, want, all the girls want to bang. That's what we've learned in all our history. Right, right. And we're seeing this guy who's supposed to be the unlikable one and and everything. And like the, one of the first interactions we see is with some some popular girl who try who asks him to take pictures with him of her and her boyfriend, and he's uh, he's like caught a, he's flustered a little bit. But then when we see him with Gwen Stacy, this guy's a smooth talker. He's he stutters a little bit, but he, yeah, he's too confident. And then and then if they kept that and then you know like toned him down a little bit. But the the whole thing is they in the middle of the movie he stops. He takes his contacts off. He puts his dad's glasses on. His hair stops stops uh, being gelled and, and pushed up, and it's more messy and 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 like unkept. And now he looks like a nerd. Why'd they go that route? Is my question. Why do, why'd you start him as a nerd, as a cool kid, as a what we think is a cool kid, what looks like a cool kid, and then make him a nerd? Like, if you're not, it, it, like, it didn't make sense that transition for me. I I totally agree with you. I'm just trying to put myself in the director's head. The only reason that would occur for me is because you're visually trying to show that now he's more mature and yeah. smarter. Although yeah. I agree with you that I don't think it works. Again, for me, that plays into they really didn't understand Peter Parker. It took about maybe 30 minutes into the film for Peter Parker to realize he's actually going about this the way criminals are. So he built his costume and all that. So nobody could see who he is because he's trying to find the killer to kill him. Now, granted, yes, Spider-Man does that in the comics, but Spider-Man, when he finally becomes that hero, he has that costume. He, he That's like his unveiling of like, okay, good guy. Now, by the time this guy has that costume, which is terrible, by the way, it looks like a BMX motorbike uh, jumpsuit. Um, by the time he has that costume, he's still this this misguided bad person. You know what I mean? Like he's wearing the costume for the wrong reasons, basically. And I'm sounding so altruistic because if I have these powers, I'm gonna go kill whoever the fuck I want. But <laughs> but I'm not Peter Parker. You know, that's my point. Like. This Peter Parker is just at his core. They missed on him. They whiffed. And and Keep I'm your radioactive spiders away from Moose. I'm still I'm still shocked by that take you just said. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Listen, if if you've you know if if I got beef with you, just just wait till those radioactive powers drip drop. Your ass is mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you ever traded Tyler here? I'm coming for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But Frankie, I'm I'm shocked that they did not understand Peter Parker as much or as little as they did because i know that andrew garfield is a really serious spider-man fan uh that was not like show for press he he's legitimate yeah. um, he, he he says he even cried the first time he put the suit on and i i, I believe, believe him. it i kind of believe like him. yeah all his like all his uh interviews and such were very felt very authentic um about his portrayal for the character and then he you know he talks about how he felt since he left uh after spider-man amazing spider-man 2 um that he's he he saw that it wasn't like for the love was, it was a lot of, it was, was a lot of genuinely physical. hurt by yeah, how bad yeah, by how bad his run as spider-man was and i don't think it was from like a narcissistic way i think it was more like he was just genuinely sad that they just botched Spider-Man. They did such a bad job with Spider-Man that Sony literally 
went to to Marvel and said, help us. We're not going to give yeah. them back to you, but help us. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll get real quick into like how I felt yeah. about this from the beginning. Um, so when I first watched this, I went in with the same expectations of hoping that this, you know, not liking Spider-Man 3 uh, to the point where I had only seen it once. And I really wanted to, to like this. I liked Andrew Garfield. You mentioned yeah. Social Network. It was very good. I thought he looked the part of, of Peter Parker. He fit Absolutely. he fit the persona. Um, one thing, I don't believe his hair would ever fit in that mask. There's too much hair going on. <laughs> That's a great take. Wow, that is such a good take. I'm t- I'm with you. Show me show me the mask, Spider Man. Yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, believe it. And one thing I really hate I hated this the first time I watched it, and it still really bothered me is how much and and it still happens with Holland a lot. How much of Spider Man fights he does without the mask? How many things he does without the mask? Yes, that and yes, that was bothering that me during the rewatch. Nuts. Yes, that drives me nuts because he's because you know like it's fine like when the big reveal is in, but this movie. We saw how how many times like we didn't know that uh, like well he didn't know that Green Goblin found out his identity in in the first Spider Man film until the very end like he didn't he didn't know that that uh, that was a big reveal for him in this movie we have the lizard Gwen Stacy Captain mm-hmm. Stacy all find out his his secret identity yeah and it's it, it doesn't hold that same uh value as it did in the first franchise because he tells everybody everybody finds out every villain he fights finds out and and it kind of drains away from the the importance of the secret identity because every because he's he's got gwen stacy he's not hiding it from gwen gwen's his partner in in the second one and he and he he doesn't really like he's not like his his uh you know his actions his responsibility as spider-man do not affect his personal relationships in the same way we know Correct. Peter Parker's supposed to uh, affect it. He's not now, grappling with those two distinct lives yeah, at two one worlds. point, which is exactly. again a fundamental pillar of Peter Parker. Exactly, like he's he's supposed to have <laughs> Peter to Parker choose. Picker. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's supposed to have to choose what I what I need to do with over what I want to do and uh, over and over and over again and when he does when he chooses what he wants to do something bad's supposed to happen to him to exactly. show him like you're not supposed to do that that's the the whole thing about this character be responsible do what you're supposed to do and and don't be selfish like like otherwise bad things could happen to people you love and care about and his thing like they they don't understand that really that the whole thing with his um with his uncle dying I thought I thought that was a great casting as well um and we'll, I'll yeah. get into some of the the casting I, I totally I totally bought the chemistry between Sally Field and Martin Sheen and yes. and even between like with Andrew Garfield like I believe that they were a family unit you know but again three three phenomenal actors oh of course no and and uh, Gwen and Peter their chemistry was off the chain. Like they, well, I mean, it, that but it shows they were that they were, but it shows that if they weren't dating already, they were going to. Like you couldn't. That was real on-screen chemistry. No, but it. What bothered me so much is that he had like no moment with her where he was like really, really awkward. Where like exactly. where it wasn't even. It was where, Andrew like, Garfield hitting on her, not Peter yes. Parker. <laughs> it, the, the thing I want to like point at is like even even when he was like aw- trying to be awkward and pathetic, and, and like where it was it was adorable. 
it was adorable and like oh she and she and she reflected on it like she likes it she likes everything like it never put her off or or anything like that and it was also like damn andrew garfield is, is really good looking like it's hard it's hard it's to imagine too much it's hard to imagine how this guy could not be unpopular popular. And, and that's they did i'm sorry they did a great job with that with toby mcguire in the first one even yeah. getting the body double so that way you yeah. see like the transformation you know there was there he already came in too leading man looking you know yeah like I, i'm thinking like there's no way there's girls not like fiending after this guy yeah. in high school especially in high school like come on and skateboarding uh, and he's got the yeah. whole like, like his parents and he's there, tall so he's, he's tall and everything yeah. like come on man um breaking the rules like you said like there's no way this guy's not getting so i think like, i think what we're learning from this podcast is that you and i would have been head over heels for andrew garfield in high oh, school. 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and hold on and also he is so bad at not like i i know we talked about his secret identity and stuff but he is so bad at hiding his powers like so the, the, bad the Dude, basketball scene the basketball scene i'm oh so glad God. i was actually i'm not gonna lie so that may come up on moose at the movies because it was the one scene that it just it was laughable at how ridiculous it was uh, yes. So I took a little note of that on the side for a potential <laughs> moves at the movies later in the year. Um, but no, totally. But, and he's he's even using, and this was a, another thing, I loved the way that they showed him building the web mm -hmm. shooters. I thought that was mm -hmm. great, especially after, yes. you know, you and I, we both did not like that from the uh, original trilogy. However, and this is such a minute thing, but it bothers me, he never once did like the normal... And for the podcast, this is a great visual thing. But where he does the hand where it looks like the rocker thing and then the web, web comes out. Yeah, yeah, the web sling. Thank you. He never once does that. He does it like close, closed fist. And then it just like comes out. Oh, like I know okay. it's small, but that's, this is like a normal – this is a pillar of Peter Parker. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it over and over. They just don't understand the character. The most little things. When he was figuring out his powers, I understood that they wanted it to be different and it was cool and all that, but I I did not buy it at all. Him waking up on the train and then going up and like, I just, everything about it, it felt to me, and especially even more so in Amazing Spider-Man 2, the entire time I was watching it, I was like, this feels like, and this is no shot at these people, but you know the people that write the stories for video games yeah this felt more like a video game storyline where like it was so action scene driven as if that was going to be what what sells it as opposed to the actual characters and the storyline you know uh, and i just man it was such a tough rewatch for me both of them yeah um we'll talk about some things we like about it though um I mean, uh, maybe chemistry <laughs> the chemistry was very good um, I, I actually like the suit a lot better on this rewatch than I did before. Um, and I really want to know. The second movie was probably better than the first one in terms of the suit. And, okay. But I, the second, I, one, I but the second one felt cheap to me. I will say, I, I, though, shout out to Fez Butter because he was right. The best part of Amazing Spider-Man 2 for me was um, the first time you see Peter Parker like web slinging through the city. Like yes. maybe 10 minutes into the film. Or something. That's those, what shots, I was those shots were dope. That's what I was gonna say. The web swinging, like it feels a lot more violent 
and like and yeah. forceful than in the first one and i really enjoyed it like it, it's it was more it, aggressive yeah. like like whereas we felt like we were in in toby's eyes uh in the first ones that we were or like on a ride along this one like felt like this this one the, the yeah exactly felt like a go yeah. like we're really seeing it how quick it is how violent it is how much power is behind these swings and i thought it was just a, a more fun experience watching him web swing um the the uh, him as spider-man phenomenal i think he is he completely understands how witty he's supposed to be he is quick with it he is constantly talking he's talking to himself that those are the elements of Spider-Man that I felt Toby really lacked on. And the quick, the quick wit. I totally agree with you. I, I think he brought that perfectly. And that was probably his best attribute as Spider-Man. It felt a little too much though, in the second one for me. And I don't think that's Andrew Garfield. I think that's more just the dialogue that they gave him the storyline. Yeah. Like I just felt the first one I thought was, was great. You know, like yeah. it was the right amount of, of like teenage satiric like fuck you type type comedy yeah yeah no he's he's really good at it man and i and you know like i was talking about it in preparation for this i was trying to talk to like a lot of people who've you know obviously seen our spider-man fans and have seen these films and what one thing that I, I found curious a lot of the younger generation really like holds on to this franchise even though like a lot of i found a lot of the younger generation like the early 20s uh, 18 year olds like they think this Andrew Garfield is their Spider-Man. They think this these two are way better than the Raimi films in some cases. Uh, there's a, a YouTube a TikToker and and like Twitter guy that he's uh, like he's from Miami and he's really famous on on TikTok and Twitter. And he's he says these are way are way above all the other, even including the Hollands and and the Sam Raimi. And like you know, obviously I disagree. Should have gotten him on the pod. <laughs> somebody, I somebody can bring a pod. Yeah, like I think he's completely wrong, but it's a. I appreciate I appreciate bad takes. So you know. No, I, and it, but it's curious. <laughs> it's just the the. Um, I think that's an age, age thing, though. It, but, yeah, that's what I I think too. Like. Because when you're watching an older movie, like uh, it, at, when this movie came out for a lot of these kids, they were like 10, 11, the same age most of us were when the Raimi ones came out. So exactly. this is, so they have to pull back to the two thousand early 2000s and they the CGI wasn't as good. It doesn't um, hold up. Or if they're a little bit older, that means that their first Spider-Man film was Spider-Man 3. And of yeah. course, they're going to go into the Andrew Garfield one thinking like, wow, this is a huge step yeah. up. Like that's, I get that frame of mind no and, you know? and like a lot of the humor in the original in the raimi ones isn't that good it's very campy so i can totally get um those takes it's, and stuff it's different yes yeah yeah it's it's it very is, it is campy but i think it works for raimi like i think right. i think he i think he directs and writes uh yeah. campy well so it works for yeah. him you know no no it works and it's very it's very to the uh original comics it's very yeah. Yeah. campy in that sense where it's it's not cringy but it's it's a little it's a little much like you're only laughing in that context of course uh, yeah but that's you know that's that's uh something to, it, it's something to be considered because um i i didn't think like any like any big population of this would of people would say that these films were great um it's it's like 70 percent on on imdb it's like that's the that's range still on way Tomatoes. too much for me that, and that's high but like that's that's where you know the the difference in, in opinion and perspective really takes it and like 
there are things to like about this film. Like even even you can say like and you hated these films, but like you no, can find there were parts. A couple, in if you made me dissect it, there are a couple of moments that I that I yeah. really liked. Like I said, I loved when he built the web slinger. I thought that was that was like really really cool, and it was something that I wanted to see in the first ones. Yes. Um, the some of the flying around the city scenes I thought were great. Um, that might be it. I need this. <laughs> the action was was good. Um, I thought the action was good because because especially because they go a lot practical and and we're getting more CGI in the MCU. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair. CGI that, heavy. That's fair. It's more advanced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing, one of the biggest problems I thought with the first one, uh, was the casting of the uh lizard. Oh um, really? You you don't like yeah. the the replacements kicker? <laughs> no. Uh, what's his name? I'm trying to find his name real quick. Do you know it? They could be reptiles. Could be very dangerous. Oh my god! It's no, I'm just he... trying to give you time. <laughs> <laughs> He's my biggest problem with him, as opposed to like like I I really enjoyed the casting and the uh and the Raimi ones for for Kirk me Connor. too, man. That is exactly how I imagined him. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and one of the things about him is that he's supposed to be somebody who, um, who is completely out of his element as as yes. the as the lizard and uh, Riss Efans is. And name. to be to be another thing that actually, since we're on it, because uh, he was supposed to be a professor, not this yeah. like super, you know, rich ass science guy working out like. Again, they changed all these really important things. Yeah. Oh, God, but the, but the thing is, is like you're <laughs> supposed to really feel bad for Kurt because at his person, at his whole, at his core, he's a good person. Yes. And he is someone you, you like. And like you can very easily see that this is a good professor, good person, good dad, and such. And they don't capture any of that. That he no. looks like a slime ball. And not yeah, just he because he was in the replacements. He looks like a slime ball. He kind of acts like a like a secretive, like he's got something to hide. And like there's no reason really for you to root for him. And like as the lizard, he's supposed to be just mon mon monstrositous. And they made him too smart. And um, like well, they kind of not only that, they looked like the bad guy in the Super Mario live action film. <laughs> like it was, it's the worst. You could say the CGI is better in this film, but that monster. Might be the uh, worst monster I've ever seen, like for any superhero film. Oh, I agree. But it the the thing where they tried to make it kind of like the goblin formula, how it affected right, uh, you know, Osborne and make him like lose control. They I think they they leaned on that too much. They should have just made him a monstrous villain and like savage and stuff. And like because it, it took away from his like it makes it made it feel like this was inside of him. This this monster, like him mm -hmm. being deceitful and, and smart and villainous was inside of All him. they did was amplify it, which is not yeah, the case. Exactly. exactly. It, which is supposed to be, it's supposed to be kind of like the Hulk where it just takes control and you, and it's a different personality completely. And yeah. I didn't feel bad for him as a villain. I didn't feel like, like he just felt like a villain. Like I wanted to get rid of him. Um, Frankie, is there anything from either one of these two films we'll call it from the andrew garfield era is there anything there that you like that if you were rebooting spider-man you would keep or would want to explore more um i liked where they were going with the flash relationship 
at the end of it, um, you know, where Flash was, you know, I, I felt I felt like Flash got really likable when he mm-hmm. reached out to Peter when he died. Um, I don't know if you know this, but in the comics, um, Flash uh, is a huge fan of Spider-Man. And that was why that's also why he was wearing the Spider-Man shirt and such. And he becomes uh, he goes into war. He go, goes to be a soldier and he loses both of his legs and he becomes Agent Venom. Uh, Venom takes over his body. He becomes a Venom host. And wow. but okay. he has like, I didn't know that he is such a strong willed. He becomes such a strong willed and morally uh, morally good person because of his fandom of Spider-Man. Uh, and like Spider-Man is like a, a true hero to him that he's able to completely control Venom. And he has hmm. it's like it's super badass. He becomes a guardian of the galaxy. He becomes an agent of the shield. Um, Damn. It's has- such a shame that um, Marvel doesn't own the rights yeah, to Venom oh because God, I didn't know this. And this sounds like it would be the perfect way to introduce him in, into the Marvel world. You know what I mean? Like it's a great, it's a great origin storyline and you could introduce him through Spider-Man like this. I I'm, you're breaking a, a great storyline here. It's a shame that Sony owns it. Cause we're never going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> No, and and uh, <laughs> I was laughing too. Like to just to go back to the basketball scene, uh, to talk about once again how horrible it was. But we ju- the last time we saw Flash before that was he was literally beating somebody's beating Peter's ass, and now <laughs> Peter right. Peter grabs a basketball and he's terrified to to even face Peter. Peter is like insulting him in front of all the PE, and I'm supposed to believe that that Flash isn't gonna go take a swing at him right now. It was it was so so poorly written so poorly and again written. the first time you see flash as you say he's beating up a kid right but it's not peter like peter yeah. wasn't i'm not saying that i want people to get beat up and all that in school but this is a fundamental pillar of peter parker he's supposed to be the nerd that nobody likes or that's being picked on and he's he's not he's way more to quote one of my all-time favorite shows he's supposed to be a geek but in this, he's way more freak than geek. <laughs> okay. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> and then uh, let, we, we've been really focusing on, on one. Um, on, well, on, one is better than two. Can I, can, yeah. I, can I say that? Like, is that, is that accurate? Because two, I, little secret between you and me, Frankie. I don't want the audience to know. I didn't finish it. I still have never finished amazing spider-man 2 because it's so fucking bad i got about 45 to 50 minutes in and then i fast forward to the end so i know how it ended for the pod and i never want to see it again as musar well i like i said i hadn't rewatched these films since i saw them in theaters because i didn't like it the second one was very, very. Yeah, that's mad. the first. That's the first Spider-Man film I uh, skip in the theater too. By the way, I did it yeah. as an act as an act of protest, and we won, buddy. We won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it was just very messy, man. Like they just, it, it's crazy because we it had know, no we, idea, it, like what they wanted to do in the film. And yeah. first of all, what, what, were you like me when <laughs> when Harry Osborn shows up? And I literally went back to the first film. I was like, did I miss this? Like, was he in the first film or something? 
We, it need did take to, a second. we need to apologize to James Franco right now because as much shit as we gave him for we didn't believe the Tobey Maguire and James Franco friendship, at least the motherfucker was there. <laughs> like, <laughs> where was this kid? And you want me to believe they're best friends because they're going to go skip rocks by the river like it's some fucking high school musical three? <laughs> I actually think they had better chemistry that, that Franco and, and Maguire. Jesus, come on. I don't I, I don't I don't even think they're in the same age group. Like I don't believe that that they would hang out. Uh no, I kind of do. I I kind of did. I I I didn't have a complaint about that. Like I I thought the way they kind of introduced the Norman Osborn storyline in him was kind of weird. Like it was a the new a different take. curse. What the fuck is yeah. that? Yeah, like I, I didn't really get that, and it was, it was, it was kind of mysterious, like the the way they kind of made it into like an illness instead of, you know, like the goblin formula or anything like that. And oh my god, his uh, when his when he turns into a goblin, that was oh disgusting. It it just reminded me of. Do you remember the Disney Channel original movie Don't Look Under the Bed? Oh, who doesn't? Classic. <laughs> yes, that's what it reminds me of. Like that kind of like his that kind of makeup and stuff with the the decision they made on that oh god it was no, just it's, too, it's too practical it's it was terrible. too practical and too bad and another thing that really bothered me oh, paul giamatti oh, paul giamatti wow paul giamatti forgive me one of the one of the best actors of our generation but you want to talk about like the worst 15 minutes in superhero <laughs> film history Terrible I don't cast. even understand what they were doing with that rhino. Like that, that made no sense to me. It was basically Paul Giamatti with a really, really bad fake tattoo and like an Adidas jumpsuit. And, and yeah. it, it was just so, so bad. But um, I felt, again, not understanding the the villains because I felt that way, honestly, too, about Electro. Um. I think Jamie Foxx is a phenomenal actor. Great casting. I'm excited to see him come back in the Marvel one. But the way that they went about this character, it it just felt way too cheap. And, and again, like video gamey. Like they were so focused on that fight scene in, in New York City and what they were going to do with the electricity and all that. But they didn't focus on actually building up the character. And the other thing that I still need uh, an answer for is why was it, that he had a gap in between his teeth when he was uh, not Electro. And then the second he becomes Electro, his teeth are are perfect. So I need an answer also, for that. Also, uh, his hair before. He the hair too. Electro. Yeah, what the fuck? He got so like, much cooler as Electro. <laughs> like, Talk about a glow up, right? Man, I would have, even with the gap, I would have shaved that head. Just shave the head, bro. Shave the also, head, you would have been fine. You look like you're, you're Jamie Foxx. You would have been perfectly fine in your life. A hundred percent too. And and maybe I'm alone on this. And if if I am, I'll delete it from the pod. But I actually felt a little bit uncomfortable because it it felt a little like they were leaning into like the mental disability type thing with the character. Like there was clearly something wrong with him, you know, me- yeah. mentally. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. I just don't remember that from the, the comics. Um, I don't remember from the comics either, uh, but I definitely see what you're saying. Like he, he felt a little bit more, uh, a lot more immature. Like he On wasn't the spectrum, mentally... if you will. Maybe, maybe Yeah. that, that it did feel like he was a lot. He, he was like mentally younger 
than he was yes. supposed to be. Yes. And, yes. And immature. I'm talking about, I'm talking about before he was electro. Like yeah, I just yeah, felt yeah. I was like, oh, that's a little leaning into it a little much. Yeah. He was very he was overly socially awkward. Yes. Yes. And it was it was pretty distracting. But like when, when Spider Man meets him and like cheers him up and stuff. Like if and he like really took that to heart and became obsessed with Spider Man. It was like a little made, bit. It made his life. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a little weird. And then uh, his interaction with Gwen Stacy in the elevator, where he's like, "Yeah, a bunch of celebrities are gonna be there," and <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I don't know if I can invite you. Like that, that was weird, you know. Like very. I mean, it's just it. it there's nothing. I want to ask you: Is there anything about this film that you like? Because for me. Literally, the only thing I like was that shout out to Fez Butter, the the flying action scene at at the very beginning when he's swinging through New York. That's all I like about this movie. I couldn't even finish it. Oh shit, I wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's you know it's funny because I can't really like it. Felt it did feel really overstuffed, and it's funny because th- what the problems with Spider Man three was that they really tried to force three villains into two hours. <laughs> Yeah, I'm and, so glad you brought this up. Yeah, and this one, like, like Rhino had 15 minutes of of screen time. They really didn't focus on de- developing him at Thank all. God, he was, uh, that's fine. It, it, was, <laughs> it was terrible. I like. I like Paul, Paul Giamatti, Giamatti still got the check. <laughs> yeah, like good for him. But um, I thought that was a horribly cast decision to have him, and it still felt like there was too many storylines going on. Like, it, it actually makes me really appreciate Spider-Man 3 in the sense that there's so many spinning plates in Spider-Man 3 and it still doesn't work. But at least Sam Raimi kept them in the air at least. You know what I yeah. mean? This film, from the minute it started, the balls were already on the floor. You know, like hey. it just, it, it, there was never a chance for this film to work, in my opinion. Yeah, man. It just felt like, I, I don't feel like Peter struggled enough with Gwen and his uh, decision to keep like her and her his life. Like it was like ten, it felt like ten minutes every time, and they would get back together. Ten minutes they get back together. Ten minutes they get back together, and I just didn't like. You don't feel the the real strain of her her decision until the very end, um, and when she obviously dies and such. And she dies. I mean, yeah, no, she dies. She dies. <laughs> her death but, was sad the, one of the things about the comic, like this that scene in the comics is like he's unsure if he killed her or if goblin killed or she was already dead if goblin already killed her uh in the comics here like we know no, it's it's died. yeah he has finality like it's he clear. knows yeah there's it's there's clear. no second guessing yeah and and although we go like a year of time like uh of progression after he after her death and he's like clearly mourning her as we see the time skip through all the seasons of her and him at her grave. Um, his first time back as Spider-Man is super heroic. And like, he didn't learn anything. He nothing. He's, he's going, and he in didn't learn right anything away. in the first one either. That's, that's my point. This fucking Peter Parker is fundamentally the pillars of Peter Parker flawed. <laughs> um, I do want to note that he's, that like again that I really think spy as Spider Man though like at his his actions, um, his comedy obviously like and that was a great job by the script, uh, and Garfield like he I, he had to have improvised some of that, uh, the quick wit the funny the the 
the talking to himself aspect we felt i felt that a lot more and i noticed it a lot more in the second one uh where he's literally just running through and like thinking out loud to himself i love that we really missed that on in in the first one i don't feel like we've done it they've gone it through it enough in with holland that's a big aspect of it that spider-man is always talking to himself and yeah and, the inner and people notice it yeah in the inner no not even the inner monologue he's no, like I, I mean, exactly the inner outer monologue if you will <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the self monologue like he's he's monologuing to himself constantly narration like, self-narration that's what i was looking yeah for. yeah yeah he's self-narrating all the damn time and i'm wheezing uh, to the finish line on this pod <laughs> and, and like, it's, like they did understand a couple elements of spider-man a little bit better but um the, at the, at its core i think the biggest problem like you said was peter parker they didn't understand his story his curse his curse as spider-man yeah uh, yeah yeah and the, the and, actual and, struggle of living the the two lives living the peter parker life and living the spider-man life it's too they're too intertwined from the get-go yeah well let's real quick um actually i wanted to talk about uh so we talked about um uncle ben's death in this one there was actually a deleted scene where uh, instead of like how this happened, Uncle Ben is supposed to be walking down the street and he sees and the guy is supposed to look kind of like what Peter was wearing. And, Pe- and he's supposed to follow Uncle uh, Uncle Ben's supposed to follow him thinking he hits Peter down the hall, uh, down the alley. And then, you know, obviously the confusion and he gets shot like that. So That's it was so much to- better. It, it, I think so, too. And that was that was the whole point of him. Um like like ha- being like an asshole like that, that yes. and like dressing like a criminal and stuff or like thinking of himself, acting like a criminal basically right 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 uh, was that he was supposed to come to the realization that his uncle died because he confused him with a criminal and, i like, would have i would have bought that way more like I, yeah. I, I i i oh my god frankie you just pissed me off so much <laughs> <laughs> that that is so oh much god. better um yeah that, that there was a lot of deleted scenes and we didn't even we didn't even talk about his parents as the secret as like the well let me tell you agent. how i feel about it i don't give a fuck this yeah. is not this is not the peter parker parents storyline all right and you know who else doesn't give a fuck peter doesn't give a fuck about his mom he does not exactly. mention her at all exactly what the fuck it's only about the dad doesn't give a shit daddy. about the one that actually birthed him daddy wasn't there that's all he thought <laughs> The whole fucking time that his dad issues then uncle ben dies he doesn't give a fuck he doesn't really give a fuck about Aunt May. he yeah. forgets her constantly that's like, such a great point he never thinks about his fucking mother he thinks about gwen stacy's dead dad more than he thinks about his own a mother a lot more a lot more and him you know i, I felt sally Fields was a great choice but yeah, i don't yes. feel like they have they don't have enough interactions for me no they, they don't I think that's that again. That's on the script because Sally Fields was great. Yeah, they don't give yeah. they don't give her enough to work with. I, no, I no, totally I, agree with you. I think we totally both agree. agree with you. Yeah, I think we both agree that the script and the directors are the big problems in this one. Yes, hundred in, the, in these two. Like I, the, I feel like the they blueprints did the casting. of these films were flawed from the beginning. Yes, the casting on the villains. I think we agree that they were they were spotty. Um, they were going way too much for names. Yes. 100%. And, Which isn't uh, a bad but, thing, but it's like, you have to really think about, like, credit to Marvel. Because, yes, they get big names, but they really, really think about the casting. Can this yeah, can this so person important. be believable as this particular character, you know? And those things yeah. matter. 
No, hundred percent. And it's so important for the 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 right role. Like Giamatti's a fantastic actor, but as the rhino, like that doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And as he's this version of the rhino, nonetheless, he's like to be Russian, he's supposed to be like a, a big bodyguard type brute, and he's like all these guns and he's like a terrible accent. Um and it it just it was terrible, man. Just terrible. Um I really quick, I just want to get into some of the uh casting what ifs. Uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield me. for Spider-Man, uh, Taylor Lautner, Josh Hutcherson, jo- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Robert oh. Pattinson, da- Daniel Radcliffe, Ooh. Michael Sarah. You're going fast. You're going fast. You're going fast. Michael Sarah. Yeah, it doesn't work. These are Michael Sarah's hilarious. Like, Michael Sarah's no, no, no. like the SNL Hilar- version. <laughs> Exa- exactly. That's what I was going to say. Hilarious would have played up the geek thing perfectly, but it would have been like the parody version of it. Um, the yeah. name that you said there that I do like, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but I don't remember at that time period. I feel, I feel think... like he might have been too old. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm trying to think. What did he look like at that time? Like how, what fucking... Because he's 40 it? now. That was post, no, this was pre-500 Days of Summer, right? I think so. Uh, I think so as 500 well. Days of Summer. I feel like 500 Days of Summer was like maybe four years later. But yeah, days, I don't think oh, this is post 500 days. 500 days was 09. Wow. Damn. Yeah, no, he, he wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't, too old. Too old worked, already. Yeah, he's too old for that. Um, Zach Efron, Drake no, Bell. No, never. Um, Drake never. Bell actually voiced, voiced him in the Ultimate Spider Man series. Um, is it, wait, and, his name's not Drake Bell anymore, right? Is it? What? He, I'm not even kidding. He changed his name to like something Mexican. Oh, like he, oh, he I, became oh, he became like that. a Spanish pop star. Oh yeah, no, he's also in jail. I think. <laughs> what a loser! Uh, what did he do? Uh, he... <laughs> let's not get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's not. <laughs> not really good. Don't Google this, guys. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, the guy who played Quicksilver, that's an interesting one. Ooh, I felt I like he's, that name. He's a pretty good. Like this was around the time of. Um... I can see that. What's that? What's that movie he was the the superhero movie, the uh oh the uh, yeah kick ass yeah kick ass yeah, I, I think that would I could totally see him as that and but Emma uh, Emma Stone opposite him wouldn't have worked no I don't, I don't think, think so I don't think I don't actually think that looked... I would have believed no. that 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 struggle of him trying to win her over I would have believed well, it a lot more of course Emma Stone I think he would have been a better Peter Parker. I feel like he could have pulled up Peter Parker pretty well. For sure, for sure. I don't know I'm about with, this. I'm with you on him being Peter Parker, but I'm still against. And and I'm with you that it would have been like more of a struggle for him to get uh, Emma yeah. Stone. But I don't, I don't, I don't think there would be chemistry there, at least not on screen. I don't know. I he's a pretty good actor, and and I think he's uh, uh like I like Andrew I mean, Garfield. He, a lot. he looked really young at that point, like because I'm thinking of Kick Ass. Like the way he looked to kick ass. He looked really young. He's supposed to be 16, 17 in this. Yeah. And so is Andrew Garfield. Well, but... this is this is also two years after Kick Ass. So Kick Ass was 2010. So this is two years later. He could be he's gonna look a little older than that. Naturally. Kick so you know, I mean, ultimately I think Garfield was was a good choice. It's just I was I was excited um, about the Garfield casting. I really was. Yeah. Just didn't work out. And you know. I genuinely Ooh. feel bad for him because we've a... heard. Go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, because we've heard with, you know, No Way Home coming up, we've heard a lot of uh, Andrew Garfield speaking on his time as, as Spider-Man. And he was, as we mentioned earlier, genuinely hurt by that. And, I, and it it shows, you can hear it when he speaks on it in the interviews. So in that sense, you know, as an actor, you never want to bomb, but I'm sure it's even worse when it's a, a character that you uh, really cared about growing up as a kid. Yes. And I got a, a really interesting casting. What if for Kirk Connors, Michael Fassbender. Give it to me. That sounds awesome. Little too good looking for this. Uh, but, but you could, but you could tone him down. You could tone yeah, him down. I, I definitely think you could tone him down. Um, that would have been great. I think so too. He's, he's right, a here. phenomenal Magneto, by the way. Like, yes, I love him in the first class series. Yes. All right, and then we're gonna real quick for the Gwen Stacy castings, uh, Ashley Green, um, Amber Heard, Diana Agron. Uh, Ashley Green was in like the Twilight films and such. She's been in, uh, she was in Walking Dead, I believe. Oh, okay. uh, Brooklyn Decker, Lindsay Lohan, Emma Roberts, Brooklyn Decker. Good God. Yeah, Lily Collins, uh, Anna Kendrick, Sarah Paxson, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which I would have liked, uh, Hillary what Duff. If- Okay, but hold on. Listen to this list. Listen to like it's such a wide like yeah. spectrum. They don't know what they were looking for. They, they were don't. looking for names. That's all got, it was. They, this list like, just shows me how they, from the very beginning <laughs> Sony had no idea what it was doing. They just they went from blondes to redheads to the brunettes. Yeah, and, it's all over the place. And they and they don't understand. And then they what, hired and then they hired what is it Emma Stone a redhead and she went blonde yeah she's Emma, naturally blonde or went red like no, they ended up making her change her color you know yeah <laughs> um here we go some more uh Shailene Woodley was cast as Mary Jane Watson and she filled some scenes but they cut it from Spider Man two because they felt there was too much going on shocker wow um oh I also liked Felicity Jones as uh. Uh, she was supposed to be Philly Shahari, the black cat. I was, I, I didn't remember that at all in the first one. Uh, the first time I watched it, um, it was, it, I, I, I think I would have enjoyed that. And let me see. Chris, they got Chris Cooper as Norman Osborn. Um, let me see. <laughs> oh my God. Paul Giamatti says he loved the Russian accent he used. That's got to be a joke, right? Yeah, he's got to be sarcastic. He, they didn't yeah, catch it. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah. Um, man, well, I. Well, no, oh, what, you, what were you gonna say? Some other ones for Osborne. I don't recognize any of these names. Uh, I think Al, um Alden Ehrenreich. I don't. I think. Oh, that's the I, guy. I know who that is. I know who that is. I can't tell you what he's been in. Hail Caesar. He was. Oh, he was Han Solo. There you go. Yeah. By the way, another movie I never saw. Huh. I think I would have liked him. I think I would have liked him as Harry. Uh, Brady Corbett. Eddie Redmayne. Sam Claflin. Douglas Booth and Boyd Holbrook. I don't know any of these fucking I don't know any of these names. Like, I'm... uh, This shit is making me so fucking angry because, (laughs) like, they have a billion dollar dollar IP in their hands and they just don't understand it. But you know what? Everything happens for a reason because thank God Frankie and I boycotted this film and everyone agreed with us and huddled around us. And this thing, although it still made $750 million internationally, which is crazy, it was considered a massive bomb. 
So yeah. much so, as we mentioned earlier, that the peoples were speaking. And it, we spoke it into existence, Frankie. Finally, we got Spider-Man back over in the MCU. And the next time that you'll be joining us, we're going to be so much happier because we will have rewatched three films, two films, two films <laughs> that we really, really like. And um, it's obviously going to be a fantastic palate cleanser coming off of this terrible, terrible era of two Spider-Man films. Do you have any final thoughts on the Andrew Garfield era as we wrap this up? Because I have nothing but disgusting things to say about this pod. <laughs> <laughs> One note about Holland. I think we should also watch his uh, his couple scenes in, in, in Civil War. Because that was okay. Our real I'm down with that. Movie. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, I like that. I'm not gonna rewatch all the Civil War, but no, no, no. We but we'll watch. watch. We'll watch his introduction, and then yeah, yeah, that's a good and, call. And and because uh, I really felt like he. That's when I was like, all right, well, I'll see that. For that's why I stumbled there. I was like, is he in two or is he in three? He's in three films, but two Spider Man is. He's he's technically been in like five because of all the Infinity and Civil Wars and stuff. It's wild. It's wild. Uh, so, um, final thoughts. I feel like. This was Sony really grasping at what they couldn't get done in the Raimi trilogy. Um, they were at a rush for this uh, with, you know, and yes. I, th I feel like this is also one of the biggest reasons they went with high school Spider-Man and didn't like graduate him in the first one. Uh, Cause they wanted to take this time, go through, you know, they wanted to build this out as a franchise. Like they did like uh, Fox did with X-Men, like the MCU was becoming at this point. Cause this, first one debuted the same year as uh, avengers and i feel like they they did really try to like hammer out these villains so they can build that sinister six in in spider-man 3 that never happened um and, and like you know i i i credit them for giving a shot to a different storyline and, and different origin and, and different attempts they they really tried to separate it from the raimi trilogy as much as possible what i didn't like it, a lot of it was spoken already in these 50 plus minutes, but um, at its core, they didn't, they, <laughs> they didn't take the good of what came from the Raimi films. They didn't understand. They threw it in the trash, Frankie. Yeah, You're right. The, a lot, a lot of the, uh, the script and the direct, uh, the, the directive choices and the editing choices um, yes. really took away from the core of the stories and, um, I, I can like I, I saw I like them a lot better on the on this rewatch than I did originally, but ultimately like they're still bottom tier Spider-Man for me. Like I, I, I can put Amazing Spider-Man one over Spider-Man three for me, but it's like close because because uh, very close. V yeah, I don't agree with you, but I, I won't. I, I, won't I think Amazing Spider-Man one is just a little cleaner than than Spider-Man three. Uh, but I and, and that's with me hating Lizard that's and yeah. hating a, a lot of the the choices they made. But I uh, like overall, like I felt like it was it, it was a better film than Spider Man Three, in my opinion. I think um, I I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. To be honest, I think you you hit it on the head. The only thing I'm kind of disagreeing with is Amazing Spider Man being over Spider Man Three. But they're both they're both you know, movies I don't want to rewatch anyways. Uh, what right. I will say is um, this is a prime example of just Sony not understanding their IP. 
All they were trying to do, as you said, Frankie, was set up very, very quickly a Sinister Six, a a separate, you know, Spider-Man storyline, all these other things. They saw the writing on the wall. As you said, Avengers had just come out. uh, Superhero movies were hot. And they had, they still have, the hottest superhero in the game. Problem is, they don't understand that character. And that's where this was all wrong. Yeah, because we... Cause I felt like I feel like we agreed that the Raimi ones they they understood Peter Parker better. Yeah, well, uh, Raimi like- knew what what he knew about Spider Man shows on that screen, and that's why that movie works. Yes. This one was like I said, it felt like they were trying to sell a fucking video game. Yes, and and I like Garfield's uh, presentation as Spider Man more than than Toby's, but his Peter was a lot had a lot of issues with me. Uh, fundamental can... flaws of peter parker and you know what i'm already t- taking back that take of amazing sp- better than, than spider-man 3 because there like, you go I was, I was thinking to myself there's no scene in that movie as bad as the uh the <laughs> dance scene and then i'm like oh the basketball scene god take that back take that back take that back 